But for right now, listen, I want to uh, turn to the Word of God. We're going to be reading from the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6. We're going to be reading uh, Luke, chapter 6. You know, as I remember, as I prepared for this sermon, I am reminded of a story one of my friends told me about our mutual friend, or mutual friends, shall I say. Uh, they were a young couple, and uh, they were dating, they were engaged, uh, or no, before the engagement, they were dating, um, and you know how that, that kind of scene goes, uh, you know, best foot forward and so on, everything is all lovey-dovey and fluffy and so on, uh, but I remember being told about the story, God bless you, man, I remember being told about the story about the young girl who plucked up enough courage after a while to finally look the guy in the eye and say, I love you. Come on, that's some serious words right now. Come on, you know what I'm saying? So she plucked up the courage. She did it. She looked him in the eye, <laughs> said, I love you. And his response was, ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> and after that period, <laughs> the relationship started to go a bit south. They didn't really understand. And he couldn't understand what was going on. Like, what's happened? She's changed all of a sudden. Now we're not even talking as much. And I remember my friend was speaking to the guy and saying, she said you love you. What did you say back to her? He said, I said, thank you. And he's like, you donut, bro. She was asking for something else. Come on, how many know she was asking for something? She wanted something else. She didn't want gratitude. Come on now. She didn't want acknowledgement. What she wanted was it to be reciprocated. She wanted to hear the words back. She wanted reciprocation. She didn't want just to say, acknowledge, yes, I, I understand you saying that. She wanted to be uh, under the illusion that he loved her too. Reciprocation, the definition of that is doing or saying or giving something in return. Usually, it's something that we expect. You know, before every service, usually I'm, you might find me at the back there uh, as people are coming in. Uh, and when people come in, what I do is I stick my hand out, I smile uh, uh, and try and greet people. And what I expect is an expectation uh, that that greeting will be reciprocated. Come on, we have that expectation. It'll be kind of weird uh, that I stick my hand out, smile at somebody uh, and someone just look at me and walk past. Hasn't happened in this church. God bless you. Amen. <laughs> But I'm expecting something. And when we do things like that, we expect reciprocation. And that's what we're going to look at today. I want to look at the reality of reciprocity. I can even say the word. Reciprocity. There we go. The reality of reciprocity. You can't even say the word either, but you know what I'm talking about. Come on now. And we're going to lead, we're going to look at this from Luke chapter 6, verse number 37 here. This is Jesus uh, teaching one of his famous sermons on the mount. He's teaching the multitudes and he says many things in this sermon or some commentators believe it's a collection of sermons. Uh, he says many things and one of the things he says here is found in verse number 37. He says, uh, judge not uh, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Listen to this one. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Amen. Give and it will be given to you. Come on, we sing that song. Do you know what I'm saying? It will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. 
will be put into your bosom for the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The reality of reciprocity. I want to look firstly with you at the law. You see, Jesus taught this. Um, he was laying it down in a famous teaching. Um, and this is a principle or a law in the universe that he created. It's something that he put in motion right at the very beginning when he created the universe. He created the world. He says, and in general, we can kind of liken it to this phrase, where you will reap what you Come on, we know that. You will reap what you sow. That's something that we understand is easy to grasp. But we understand the things that you put out there, that's the things that you are going to receive. Look at Galatians 6, verse number 7. The Bible says, do not be deceived. Now, you know when Paul starts saying, do not be deceived, do not be deceived, it's because it's possible that you can be deceived. There's a deception going on out there. He's saying, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary of while doing good. For in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. It's a simple understanding to grasp. What we put out there is that what we're going to receive. We're going to put something out there. That's what we're going to get. The scripture we read, we understand many times we use it in offering. If we give, it will be given back to you. Good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's not just talking about finances. Can you say amen in this place? Listen, you give love, that's going to be returned back to you. Come on now. You give peace, that's going to be returned back to you. Flip down the other side as well. You give hatred. Come on, what's going to come back to you? Come on now. You give frustration, that's going to come back to you. Jealousy, envy, you give that, you put that stuff out there, that's going to come right back to you. It is a law that God has put in this universe. You will reap what you sow. Eventually it will come back to you. It might not come back the same day. Might not come back the next day, the next week, but guaranteed, some point in time, it's going to come back to you. And the person you see, the life they're living, listen, the person you see with genuine friends, many friends around them, how many know that person must be friendly to have that many friends? Can you say amen in this place? Simple stuff. It says in Proverbs 18, verse 24, it says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. So if you're here and you have no friends, you might have to look at yourself in the mirror. Come on, you're here, you're thinking, why do people speak to me like this with such anger, such venom? Well, maybe the way that you say hello with your face all screwed up like that, maybe it's got something to do with it. Come on, sometimes, I say this quite a lot, sometimes I see people, God bless them, I give them a smile and it's like the world is about to cave in there. It's like, listen, what, have, what news have you received? Who died? Jesus is still alive, is he not? Sometimes just a smile is okay just to, just to crack it. Some people you have to kind of, like with a chisel and hammer, kind of crack a smile in their face. You can smile, my brother. My sister, you can smile. Paul the Apostle touches on a different subject when he says this in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse number 6. It says, but I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is all uh, uh, reciprocation. That's all it is. 
Reciprocation. It is what you give, you're gonna come, it's gonna come back. Now we understand this is a principle in life. We understand when we put it out there, that's what's going to happen. So if we understand that, we need to start taking some responsibilities through the things that happen to us in life. Listen, sometimes you go through life and you know things happen to you, or you're involved in certain things, or you uh, something happens to you. Listen, sometimes we need to take some responsibility for some of our actions. Sometimes we need to look at what's happening in our life and figure out, hey, how, what have I been doing? What have I been putting out there? What have I been saying to receive such nonsense in my life? Sometimes we need to take some responsibility. Listen, the relationship between you and God, God is calling you to a relationship of... Uh, that word, come on now. I'm writing a whole sermon on a word I can't even pronounce. Praise God. God help us. Amen. But you know what I'm saying. (laughs) There are things that we should expect to be doing if we should expect to receive those things. Come on, in John, in 1 John 4, 19, says that we love God. Why? Because he first loved us. It's a reciprocation right there. The reason we love God is because he put it out there for us. The reason we love him is because we're going on to say, listen, I experienced that love and I love you because you first loved me. And I'm going to reciprocate that. I'm going to return that to sender. I'm going to give that back. It goes on to say this in 1 John 4, 20 and verse 21. It says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, you're lying. Because you can't, you can't do that. You can't receive the love and then give something else. It says you're lying. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. The Christian life is one is that we get things and we should reciprocate. We should go and do the things that we expect to receive. We should expect to see the things that we're putting out there. So sometimes when things are going a little bit south in our life, sometimes when we're going through some things, it will be good to do some examination. It'll be good to look at what we're saying about ourselves, what we're saying to other people, what we're involved in. It'll be good to look at the situations of our life and say, actually, you know, maybe because I'm spitting out all of these things, maybe because I'm spitting out all of this negativity, all of this pain, all of this hatred, Maybe that's the reason this stuff is coming back to me because the Bible says give and I'll be given back to you. Come on now. I want to read an account of a king, king called Asa in 2 Chronicles 15. We have here in Kings and Chronicles, it's an account of various kings of Israel and how they fared and what they did. And many times they would have men of God who would come and give them words of wisdom and direction. And this is an account as well. We have a man of God do exactly that in 2 Chronicles 15. Verse number one, it says, Now the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said to him, Hear me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. The thing we've got to understand about God is that he will allow us to have whatever we want to give out. 
If we forsake him, he's like, fine, I will allow you to do that and I will forsake you. How many says, if you're with me, then I'm going to be with you. We have to understand that about God as well because there are people that do things and shake their fist at God, talk about why has this happened? Why has this come upon me? Why has why this all happened in my life? And you have to understand, notice some things, you've got to take responsibility for your actions in your life. It reminds me of the account of Cain and Abel where the two brothers, they brought offerings to God. One was accepted and one wasn't accepted. And we understand that Cain got a little bit angry, got a bit frustrated. And we see in Genesis 4 and verse number 6, it says, So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? Look at this in verse number 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do what's right, then you'll be accepted, he says. And if you do not do well, then sin lies at your door and its desire is for you. We need to understand there is something. If you do right, then right's going to come out. If you accept what God says and do that, that's what's going to happen. But if you do wrong, then sin lies at your door. This is something you give out, that's what's going to come back to you. We need to take some responsibility for some of the things that we're reaping in our lives. I'm reminded of Jacob. Jacob, his name, before God changed his name to Israel, his name meant supplanter or schemer. We understand that through the story that he schemed his own brother, lied to his, uh, his own dad and, and schemed the birthright of his brother, tried to go his way. And if you just look down his life, as he goes down to start a new life because he's scared of his brother, he goes to his uncle Laban's house and his uncle Laban then schemes the scammer. Can you say amen in this place? You can't, you can't be just scheming things. I love it when people, uh, they do things to people, but when it happens to them, they get all bent out of shape. One of the things I used to, um, okay, I'm gonna, this is before Christ. Sometimes, listen, if you're new in this place, sometimes I say some things uh, which are PC, pre-Christ, okay? Don't judge me. <laughs> I remember it was in school. One of the things I used to love was watching a bully get bullied. I'm sorry, I, I, I admit it. I, was, I used to wa- love watching a bully get bullied because the dynamics change. Because when a bully is bullying someone, they're all high and mighty, they're all good and so on. They're, they're all, yeah. But when somebody bigger starts to bully them, they start crying, start running around. It's like they don't like a taste of their own medicine. Listen, how about you stop giving out the stuff you don't want to receive? If you want to start receiving love, if you want people to start loving you, come on, give out some love. Come on now. You want to start receiving uh, and you know you want to start you, you want you're in some financial troubles but you're the stingiest person on earth. No one can get a pound out of you. Listen, I remember uh, there was totally <laughs> there was talking about a story. There was a a, a, a benevolent chain it was in the U.S. Um, uh, they drive up to Starbucks, uh, and this particular man wanted to buy his Starbucks coffee. What he did, he bought his coffee, uh, and then he put $10 aside to buy the person behind them. Person behind us, a blessing, praise God, amen. Try it sometime, amen. And hope I'm behind you, amen. <laughs> but the guy behind him said, uh, you know, got the coffee for free, and the lady says, would you like to buy that? And he's like, oh, yes, I will do carried on and it carried on carried on carried on until it got to one person that took his free coffee and they said would you like to buy the person behind they was like absolutely not why and then what happened is when he goes to drink his coffee he spilled it down himself couldn't drink it now I don't know if they're linked (laughs) come on now 
But you want to receive all this goodness. You want to receive people giving you things, blessing you, talking nice about you, but you don't want to do that to somebody else. Come on, man, go home. Some of us are talking about why, how, how comes people always look at me a certain way? How comes, I, how comes people don't love me? How comes people say bad things about you? Just look what you've said in the last four days. Look how you've spoken to your loved ones. Children, look how you've spoken to your parents. Parents, look how you've spoken to your children. Come on, it's like, where did you learn that from you? <laughs> Come on, they're just a little, I've seen some people, where did you, they just look just like you, they sound just like you. You need to respect me, you don't respect them though. Sometimes we can get all high and mighty on our high horse, you must respect me. In our marriages, women respect me. Come on. Respect me. Where's my di- hey? When was the last time you said I love you? When was the last time you respected her? When was the last time you treated her out to a meal? Come on, guys. Come on. I'm, I'm giving you some hints now. When was the last time you took her out on a special date? Come on now. Come on. I'm, I'm preaching to myself in this one. Wife, I'm sorry. Amen. I- <laughs> we'll go on a date one day. Come on now. <laughs> I'll save up. Praise God. <laughs> There's a reciprocation going on. The Christian life is reciprocal. When you give, it will be given to you. Whatever you say, listen, that will come back to you. How you treat people is how you will be treated. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 10, verse number 11. This is Jesus Christ sending out disciples. and He said, I want you to go and preach, heal the sick. I want you to go and do the work of evangelism. I want you to go out there. And he says this in verse number 11. He says, now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who is it, who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go. And when you go into a household, greet it. And if the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy or if it's not reciprocated, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake the dust from your feet. Surely I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in that day of judgment than for that city. Jesus is saying when you come, there has to be a reciprocation going on. Listen, when Jesus Christ came down, he stepped, he laid down his crown, stepped down from heaven, he came down, put on frail humanity, he did that and he did all he can do, but he wanted it to be reciprocated. He wanted you to show the same love for him as he has shown for you. That is the Christian life. He wants us to, uh, this to be a cycle. Uh, but he says, if that is not the case, like he told his disciples, if there is no reciprocation, then fine, take the peace with you. There are people living out here in turmoil, can't sleep at night, uh, tormented, uh, because the love that was extended to them, they rejected. You know, many times we think about uh, uh, it's, oh, what sin sends us to hell. Is it that sin that sends us to hell? Is it that sin? No, what sends us to hell is the rejection of the love of God. Come on, you can tell me, listen, oh, I, I did that, but I didn't commit this sin, or I didn't commit that sin. Take that off the table. If you reject another love of God, that's what sends us to hell. That's what condemns us. Because the Christian life should be reciprocal. I remember some guys were telling me, um, again, this was another young couple. Um, I think that, again, they was dating. The young lady, it was always the lady first. I don't know why, but the lady says, I love you. And the young man says, yeah, the feeling is mutual. <laughs> <laughs> feeling is mutual. 
Come on now, now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it kind of, t- it, it's more energy to say what he said rather than just say I love you too. Why could you say I love you too? Come on, man. What's all this? The feeling is mutual, trying to dodge it, trying to say, okay, oh, yeah. no, just say the truth. Come on, man, what's this all about? Feeling is mutual, man, yeah. I can't imagine, yeah, safe. <laughs> because there's commitment issues, right? There's commitment issues. And that's what we see in the body of Christ sometimes. We say, listen, Christ is demanding some things from us. Christ is saying, I want you to take up your cross. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Hey, the feeling is mutual, bro. Yeah, I got you, man. Hey, that, the thing you did on the cross, hey, God bless you, man. I get it. But there's no real willingness to, to reciprocate that. You say, if you've done that for me, listen, I'm going to give you my life. You die for me, I'm going to live for you. Can you say amen in this place? There's a reciprocation that needs to happen to get the relationship to be what it wants to be. And we have to understand that in life. And if we're not willing to do that, we have to take responsibility for our actions. And maybe some of the things we're going through in life is because of the way we have put it out there. The things we've said, the things we've said to people, the things we've said about ourselves. I want to look at living a reciprocal life. The reality is God has done so much for us. Come on now, who agrees with me in this place? God has done so much for us. We just need to reciprocate. That's all God wants us to do, reciprocate. God made the first move. He is the one, and that's what differentiates Christianity from any other religion. Any other religion is all about what you can do to God, for God or what you can do to make it. Whereas Christianity says, no, he tells us what he has already done for us. And all we need to do is reciprocate. Listen to this, 2 Timothy 2, verse number 11. The Bible says, this is a faithful saying. <laughs> Listen, when, when they say we need to understand what's coming up next, this is a faithful saying. For if we die with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we should also reign with him. But listen to this one. If we deny him, he will also deny us. We need to understand it's, it's, it's reciprocal. It's based on what we do. If we live for him, listen, we're going to reign with him. If we endure, we're going to reign. If, uh, if he dies for us, we're going to live for him. But if we deny him, well, then he's going to stand back and deny us too. That doesn't sound very loving, but it's reciprocation. That's all it is. And even when people try and test you, you need to still put out what you want to receive. Look at Romans 12, verse number 19. It says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves. Let's just, let me read that again. Come on. It says, do not avenge yourselves. Because how many times do we want to avenge ourselves? Come, come on, yeah, come on, sister. You know what I'm talking about. It's just me and the sister over here that knows it. Come on, all the rest of you can lie. Come on, you know what I'm saying. We want to avenge ourselves, right? Someone does us wrong and it's like there's red in our eyes. I'm driving, someone cuts me off. It's like, <laughs> you wait till I get you the next traffic light. You wait till <laughs> Because that's how we're wired up. We want to just avenge ourselves. Bible says, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Go to Chicken Jaws, get two peas and feed him. If he's thirsty, this is your enemy, by the way, right? If he's thirsty, give him a drink. And watch this, for in so doing, you will heap coals of fire 
on his head. <laughs> Do not be overcome by evil, but be overcome with good. That even when people try and test you, people try and rub you up the wrong way, you still need to give out what you want to receive. Don't become as that person. You know, this kind of, uh, sometimes this teaching of Jesus, you know, uh, when somebody strikes you in the face, what does Jesus tell us to do? Come on, sometimes that teaching can go a little bit full on deaf ears sometimes. Come on. Some people forget that Jesus said, if somebody compels you to go one mile, what did he tell us to do? Go with them too. Jesus said, if somebody takes your shirt, or your t- he says, give them your cloak also. What that feels like, if you're honest with yourself, it feels like a bit of weakness, doesn't it? That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm not no walkover. You can't just walk over me. You can't do it. But Jesus is saying, listen, you give what you want to receive. Because in so doing, you'll be overcome with good and not with evil. Because otherwise, you would just turn out to be just like them. Praise God, my little girl, she's, she's gone to, to secondary school. Amen. She just started a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I think me and my wife are now officially old. Now we have a secondary school child. <laughs> I, I just have to accept it. I, hey, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm old. But one of the things that uh, we're, we're, I'm trying to teach her um, is if there's anybody messing with you at school, there's a way to handle it. Okay? You don't want to become like them. You also don't want to become a walker because I know school is like prison sometimes. You've got to kind of like suss around what's going on. But you don't want to become who they are. If they're calling you names, they're trying to bully you and so on, don't lower yourself to their level. And just become just like them and, and, and play the back and forth. No, you treat people how you want to be treated. And as you do that, the Bible says you will begin to reap coals or heap coals upon their head. You give out what you want to receive and it will come back to you. Reciprocation. And this is one of the best verses of reciprocation about our relationship to God. It's found in James 4, verse number 8. Bible says, draw near to God, and he'll do what? That's reciprocation right there. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. I've heard people tell me, Pastor, I feel so far away from God. Well, draw near to him, and he'll draw near to you. Come on, we've got to take responsibility for this. We're living our life worldly, carnal, involved in all sorts of nonsense and debauchery, giving ourselves to worldly views, giving ourselves to worldly entertainment. We're saying, oh, I feel so far away from God. Of course you do. But if we were to draw near to God, the Bible says he will draw near to you. If you search him, you can search him while he's still able to be found. Listen, he's not, um, he's not that mysterious that he can't be found. All you've got to do is reciprocate. All you've got to do is make it a point to say, I'm going to draw near to God. God, show me your power. Show me your glory. I want to read your word. I want to understand it. And as we draw near to God, the Bible says he's going to draw near to you because we understand that whatever it is that you sow, you are going to reap. In due season, if we don't get weary, we are going to reap. So we need to start checking. What are you sowing? Come on, when you're out there sowing, because everybody's sowing something. When you're out there sowing, what are you sowing? Because I know sometimes we come to harvest time, we're like, what? What's this? Why have I got corruption? Why have I got lying? Why have I got cheating? Because if you look back at your seed bag, 
That's what you've been sowing. Sometimes we get all bent out of shape. And, uh, you know, imagine if I sowed uh, 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 apple seeds and then when the tree finally grows, apple, I'm, I'm vexed. I'm like, where's my watermelons? I'm like, no, but, but I, sold, I sold apple seeds. If I sold apple seeds, I'm going to get apple. We need to take responsibility for our lives. And I understand this is a, you have to take it with a, a balance also because sometimes the enemy will come to try and sow while you're sowing as well. But you will, re- you will reap what you sow. It is impossible to not reap what you have sown. And therefore, you can pray with a little bit of confidence. If you know that what you are sowing is righteousness, then you should reap a righteous life. Come on, if you know what you're sowing is generosity, then you should reap that same thing back to you. So if that's not the case, you can pray with a little bit of gusto now saying, God, listen, you said whatever I sow, I'm going to reap. I've been sowing. When is harvest time going to come? I want to bring out a harvest. I want to see your power. I want to see your provision. But you must concentrate on what it is that you are sowing. Because it's reciprocal. We have to understand that the life that we live is based on what we do. Listen, sometimes the misery we have today is because of what we sowed yesterday. Sometimes we'd be shaking our fist at God. No, 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 no. Before you do that, look at what you sowed back there yesterday. I find it interesting Naomi came back when she went to Moab. She came back after her husband died and her her sons died. And she came back to Jerusalem and they said, oh, Naomi's back. The name Naomi means pleasant. She says, don't call me pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter. For the Lord has dealt with... If you just look back a couple of pages, whose decision was it to leave Bethlehem, which is called the house of bread? Whose decision was it to leave the house of God and go to Moab? Come on, now she's shaking a fist of God saying, God has brought me, uh, I left out full and I'm returning empty. That's because of the unbelief and the, uh, the, the distrust that you sowed before. You should just stay in your place saying, this is the house of God. He is my provider. I know it doesn't look like that right now, but God is not man that he should lie. So I'm going to stay right here and God is going to provide. But no, she sowed the distrust. She sowed all of that and went and now she's reaping what she sowed. Today's misery is sometimes because of yesterday's sowing. But if you look at that, we can also think then, well, future destiny will be determined by what I sow today. Come on now. The past is gone. The future is not ours. What we have is a gift. That's why it's called the present. And if we start to sow today what we want to see, then this principle will come out in your life, that you will reap what you sow. So today we need to start making some decisions. If you want to start being friend, if you want to start having friends, come on, let's be friendly. Come on, you want to get married one day, come on now. Start. Just be somebody that people can get along with, maybe, for a start. (laughs) Come on. You want to you wanna, uh, get past this always just broke, always not enough. You know, there's always, there's always more months than there is money. Come on now. Well, 
Let's, let's start being generous. Let's start, let's, maybe when you go out to eat, maybe you pick up the tab one day. I, I know I may be swearing at some people right now. Come on, but maybe it's not always about me just receiving, receiving, receiving. How about I do some giving sometimes? How about I bless somebody else sometimes? Come, if you want to see more of that, you want to see more of God, well, then why don't you start to draw near to God? You want to understand his word? Well, maybe you should start to read his word more. You want to hear from God? Well, maybe you should speak to God more often. Come on, we should uh, sow some things that we want to reap. And as we come, we'll see that it is reciprocated. God will reciprocate whatever we put out there. I'm going to read our scripture again. The Bible says in verse number 38, Give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. And look at this. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Reciprocation. Church, I feel, I feel like God is speaking to us today saying, listen, if you want to see some certain things, we'll start to be what you want to see. Start to give what you want to have. And your destiny will be reciprocated. Who believes that in this place right now? Come on, let's give him praise right now this afternoon. Thank you, Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place. The reality of reciprocation.